You're listening to a Church Doctor production. You're listening to the Big Church, Small Church podcast with John Hunter. Conversations and tips for churches to engage in outreach communities to reach new people for God in your neighborhood. Hey, welcome again to the Big Church, Small Church podcast. We're in the middle of season two, and we are in episode three. Uh, We've been going through the worship architect, kind of looking at the four W's that make great worship. Today, we're going to be looking at the big what. Again, we make this podcast. uh, It's a free resource for you and your church. And uh, if you hear something that you like, um, all that we ask to do, uh, that you do is just like it and that you would share it on social media. That helps just get the word out about what we're doing. We want to help and inspire Christians all across this country and all across the world to really go for it for Jesus. We want you to become a, a backyard missionary for him. Uh, We believe that you are called to be a witness for him, and we really want you to be able to make an impact for Jesus in our country and in our world. And so please do like it and share it. That Again, that would be a huge help for us and also for you. You know, go on to the sendmovement.com and download the show notes today. Those that'll really help you to get through some of this material and kind of digest it a little bit farther. So today I've got an awesome interview uh, with Pastor Brian Spar. Welcome to the show. Uh, how you doing, Brian? Doing really well, John. It's great to have you here. And I want you to just tell people about who you are. Um, before we get into uh, today's topic. Sure. Um, my name is Brian Spar. I'm the pastor of a church called Come to Go Ministries in downtown Fort Wayne, Indiana. And that's one aspect of who I am. Um, but probably more importantly, I'm husband to Michelle and dad to Marin and Zachary. And I've been at Come to Go um, doing work in downtown Fort Wayne for about seven years, just a little less than seven years at this point. And Beyond just the kind of day-to-day work of being a pastor, I love music, and I love reading good books and good conversations and really good food, and I'm addicted to coffee. Absolutely. Aren't we all? But um, If we're not, we should be. If we aren't, we should be. Yeah. To good coffee, that is. That's right. Not, not Folgers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't lose any sponsorship deals with you know mentioning names, but like good coffee. We're talking about like real deal kind of stuff. Yeah. He, he creates his own coffee. Um, he's a musician. He's a fantastic preacher. The, the dude is multi-talented, and it's just great to have you here. Today, uh, we are going to be talking about responding to God. Um, and so what does it mean? Um, some of the kind of the, the, the language that uh, I know that we've talked about and uh, um, I've heard kind of heard in the past is, you know, like, okay, now that God has spoken into your life or what is the response that, that God is calling? How do we respond to uh, his voice? So, you know, what is God saying? What do you, it's kind of the other part. What are you going to do about it? Or how are we going to respond to his grace? I think that's a phrase that you've used before. I really like that one uh, as well. And so, yeah. Go for it. What does it mean to respond to grace to you? Sure. I mean, first of all, just thinking through that that whole process, one, I think it's really important for us to learn to listen for God's voice. And when we are able to listen and discern God's voice above all the other voices that are speaking in our lives, we're, we're constantly bombarded by media and other people's ideas and thoughts and talking and podcasts and lots of different things. And so there's a lot of things that are even trying to speak good things into our life. But then in the midst of all that, we still, as as disciples of Jesus, the biggest part of our pursuit is to learn to listen for and discern God's voice. 
And one of the things when we learn to recognize God's voice is that we hear that God is speaking grace to us. And first and foremost, I mean, there, there are certainly examples in Scripture where God gives people really specific things to do. There's commands, there's directives. But more so, over and over and over again, God is inviting people into his presence and speaking grace to them first. And so that's what I want to I hear first. I want to hear the good news of God's invitation and then not just do something about it because I think sometimes we can, we can paint ourselves into a corner when we start thinking about just doing things for God. But when we can learn to recognize God's voice and receive the grace that God is giving to us freely, then we can actually look at that and then and observe where God is already active and then join with God. And, and for me, there's a difference in doing something for God and then participating with God. And so the, the actually responding to God's voice is that discerning and engaging with what God is already doing in this world as God is making all things new. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's really important. And one thing that I've picked up from you, about, especially in like, you know, planning a sermon or, you know, or even reading my own Bible is that, you know, I can get through a bunch of knowledge Right. And I can I can have all my objectives met and, and say what I want to say. But if I don't like if I don't f- figure out, like, what is the good news that God is speaking? What is the grace that God is speaking? I feel like I've missed really where God is, is list, where he's leading us, what what he's trying to speak into my life. And right. So, yeah. So as a as a preacher, for me, my understanding of that, the number one task of preaching is to proclaim good news, because that's what Jesus came doing. Like Jesus gave lots of good advice. Jesus gave lots of good directives. But if we look at something like Mark one fifteen, the very first thing that we hear Jesus saying is that good news has actually come. The time has come that the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And the good news specifically that he's talking about there is that the kingdom of God has come, that, that it's drawn near, that it's all of a sudden because of Jesus, it's accessible to us in a way that it hadn't been accessible previously. And so, like, if that's where Jesus begins, then that seems like for us as as those who are trying to, like, help people hear the good news of Jesus, that's where we should start, too. And I I read a book um, by N.T. Wright a while back that really helped kind of solidify this for me. And, um, And it was just called Simply Good News. And one of the the premises of this of the book was that we don't need just good advice. Like good advice is helpful, but what we really need as the people of God is is good news because good news actually shapes and forms us, and we can actually respond to that in a way that's different than just receiving some kind of advice from from God. That God actually has so much more for us than just a few things that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been I've been to small groups. I've been to uh, churches where we don't always find simply the good news. And so sometimes I feel, you know, I'm like, Oh, I was feel worse than what, than when I came. So yeah, we can go like, you know, expecting to experience God's presence, which like, if we look at that in a way of invitation, that God invites us to be present with God. And there's something about that. It's like being in the, in the loving arms of a father who's caring for us and loving us deeply but like sometimes we go to church and we experience something that is just like, well, that's the furthest thing from our experience. We just leave with a whole list of to do's that we have to accomplish before we come back the next week. And if we don't, then we're weighed down with guilt and shame and all of these different kinds of things. And 
one of the things that has been helpful for me along the way is to just kind of keep in mind that like if the gospel that we're proclaiming isn't setting us free from things like guilt and shame then it's not good news and so as we listen for that and even as we discern that like to just understand like is this is this something that actually helps me experience freedom and then i can respond out of that freedom rather than out of this obligation or shame or guilt or the musts and shoulds and have tos because grace doesn't include those things but then our life with god we actually get to join in this like amazing work of restoration and reconciliation that god is doing in the world and so for me just even that like for some people language isn't that important for me it really matters how we talk about that and understand that theologically because our theology shapes our actions and we want our actions to be aligned with what god is actually doing in this world and not have to keep kind of hitting the reset button and start over with that like i want to participate in what god is doing in this world cool so let's get um kind of i want to get a little more practical um what is it for our listeners today? You know, they might be leading a small group or they're, they might be a pastor leading a church. You know, what does it actually look like um, to respond to that good news? You know, what kind of the, the questions, uh, okay, so what, now what? You know, or maybe an example from your life. Because, um, I mean, it could be a lot of different ways, practical ways, but what are some of the ways that, that uh, I don't know, from your experience that you've responded to God or, or something that you'd like to share? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, one of the things that I think is, um, is difficult as a pastor is, or really just as anybody who's following Jesus, is to formulize something, you know, that is like the thing to respond. And so like, I tend to tend to operate more intuitively. So like one, one example that immediately kind of pops into mind for me is more from parenting, but it's actually really a response to the way that I think God is parenting me and God is parenting us. Um, so my wife and I have been talking a lot about like what we want to accomplish as parents and what, how we want to, our kids to like, become fully functioning humans who are, you know, who are living, living productive lives in the world and, and loving people well as they go. And so we've been talking about the way that we discipline and the way that that is actually, um, we can, a way that we can actually demonstrate a response to God's grace to us and then model that for them as well. And, and so we were actually just talking about that at, at lunch today um, because we've been going through uh, some some hard times. My my son is um, is a first year in middle school, and there's all kinds of things going on inside of him that you know that middle school people go through, and they're you know crazy, wonderful, um, insane humans when their hormones are going crazy. And so you know our instinct sometimes when he when he misbehaves or when he does something that you know we disapprove of, our instinct is is to immediately punish or to immediately take something from him. And sometimes that's necessary. So like if he's, if he grabs a chainsaw and he doesn't know how to use a chainsaw and he just fires the thing up and he's going to go cut down a tree, like I'm going to grab the chainsaw from him and take it from him because he can do himself harm. And so there's a, there's appropriate times to just say like, I'm going to take this from you. Um, but most of the time there, there's not this deep physical harm or something, you know, there's not this immediate threat that comes from behavior. And so one of the things that we're, we're looking at is the way that God responds to us. So like when I, when I make a mistake, when I do something that is maybe different than the way that God would have me operate in the world, then God doesn't just send a lightning bolt and draw the line in the sand and, you know, take away all my toys. Like God, God doesn't operate in that way. Instead, what God does is God 
renews the invitation to come close. And, and we talk about that in terms of repentance. So we turn to God, right? And so when we turn to God, we're not turning and looking into the, the scolding face of this angry deity who's ready to, ready to get us because we messed up. We're actually looking into the loving eyes of a father who just loves us deeply and is, is hurt when we settle for less than what God has for us. And so in responding to that with our own kids, what that looks like is that we, we are continuing to learn what it, what it means to make a commitment to when we discipline to invite our kids close as we do so. And so, yes, sometimes like we have to, we have to kind of give a harsh word of correction, but even in that, we follow that with the invitation to come close in a physical way. Like I want my kids to sit next to me. And so I always invite them to come and sit next to me so that I can, I can hold them in a loving position so I can put my arm around them so that they can look in my eyes and see what it is that I actually feel about them in that point at that point. And then in response, like we talk, we talk through the, the hows and the whys and then, and then come up with a way that they can respond differently. And, and the, or if I, if I lose control, you know, to how I can respond differently to them. And we work through that together, and then we're able to kind of take a step forward as a family. And so for me, that's like a really practical example that isn't like out in some spiritual space somewhere where we're trying to just kind of make sense of it. It's like, okay, this is the way that God loves me. God wants, God wants to actually walk with me in life. And so when I mess up, I'm not exiled. Instead, like God says, return to me. And when I do, I receive something, I receive grace, and then we can walk together again. And so in a real practical way, just as a parent, that, that's an example of how we respond to the grace of God. Because it's more than just like, oh, grace is really good, and it saves me and it gets me to heaven. Like that's true too. But in a more practical day-to-day level, something like the way that we parent can be shaped by the way that God loves us so deeply. Yeah, yeah. I was just actually going to say that. I think it's really cool. Um, not only in God's example to us, but actually how you've um, you've taken on that character of God, like you've you know that Jesus has transformed your life in such a way that now that you are are, are doing the things of the kingdom with your own kids, I think that's awesome. And um, yeah, extending grace to your kids, and uh, yeah, in a similar way, that's that's a very good. Uh, and I really like the, the parent-child um, link there as well. Yeah, and so like even going back to the good news that Jesus proclaims, like the kingdom of God has come near. And so like one of the things that I teach people and that I want to model is that like good news looks and sounds and feels different for different people depending on the context. And so the good news is always centered around Jesus. But like for my kids, when they've gone through difficulty or when they've made mistakes, like the good news to them looks like a loving father who helps them actually like find a different way forward than a, than a father who pushes them away and, and exiles them because of their bad behavior. And so like, if it's true that the kingdom of God has come near, then that's a way in really practical ways within the closest relationships that I have, even within my own family, I can embrace that as an actual reality, not just as some hypothetical thing that's out of, out of reach and out of touch. So obviously you lead people and I think in leadership, um, not that you can force people to respond to God, but you want to lead people into a place of response. How do you lead people forward into that? Or how do you lead people forward into responding? Yeah, sometimes I do it really poorly. Um, other times um, where it seems to go 
go better is when I'm leading from an authentic place in my own life. And that's why, like, when I, you know, I mentioned, you know, just like I try to lead more intuitively than just prescriptively. Um, There are certainly things that, like, you can do, like, with great regularity and repetition that are really helpful. Um, but, But for me, context is everything. And so with context and authenticity, so, like, I can share from my own experiences freely in a way that, like, that people can relate to. So if I'm if I'm just giving a prescription, then that's different than me telling a story. And sometimes like people need a prescription. Like, you know, when I when I need medication, I I don't want my doctor to tell me a story. Like I want him to write the script and I want to be able to go to the drugstore and get what I need, right? But but then when it comes to um to walking with God in our relationship with God, leading people in that is much more of a journey than a one-time thing. And so one of the ways that I found that to be helpful along the way is like, is through sharing stories that, that can relate to other people. Because when, when people kind of see like the ups and downs of your own journey, then they can actually relate that to theirs and then discern like how, how can they respond? So what are the many ways that good news has spoken to me in my life? And what, what are the ways that I'm even in my imperfect ways trying to respond? And by sharing those examples with people, it gives them an opportunity to maybe just look and look and listen and observe and then discern a way to respond themselves. That's good. And I, I, yeah, I love it. It's, it's, you know, it's not just a, you know, one time thing or, you know, it's an ongoing journey. And I think that's really where real discipleship happens, deep relationships with people that are ongoing and, and, you know, knowing where they've come from, not expecting them to, to be in a certain place. I think that we, that we can have a lot more grace for people. We know how to lead them, where to lead them, that we know their own context and where they've been and where they're going, yeah. Yeah, and then on top of that, there there are, I think, really intentional things that you can do. Like one of the things that I really am working hard at is trying to lead people in a way that helps them, like we started this, like helps them hear God's voice clearly, to be able to discern that, to recognize God's voice when there's so many other voices speaking in their life. And one of the ways that I feel is really important to do that is through the Bible. And the Bible is something that is difficult for many people. Um, they, they write it off because it seems irrelevant or it's too hard or they, they can see a value in it, but then you know, like it's hard to sustain any kind of healthy habit of reading it. And then what do you do with it when you do read it? And so I'll just come to church and I'll just listen to the preacher who's been trained about the Bible to talk about the Bible, and that'll be my Bible for the week, right? Like That's the, a very typical path for, for North American Christians anyways. And so um, we have that struggle here at our church. And so one of the things that, um, that I'm deeply committed to and just going through the long, slow process of leading people in is how to engage the Bible in a way that they can listen for God's voice speaking through Scripture and then respond faithfully with their lives. And so there's lots of practices. There's lots of ways that you can respond to that, that idea. And so um, there's all kinds of ancient practices. There's all kinds of ways to study the Bible. But what I'm trying to get people to do is to just engage in a simple way of reading the Bible that helps them hear God's voice. And so building on a, an ancient practice called Lectio Divina, which is, just means divine reading, I took the, the churchiness out of that because most of the people in my church don't speak Latin. Um, so we don't talk about it in terms of Lectio Divina, but we have this little process that we call raw. And it's a three-step process. It, it's read, 
um, ask and write. So we read a short passage of scripture, um, usually just like one or two verses. And the way that I encourage people to do it is to, you know, don't try to read 10 chapters a day, like sign up for the Moravian daily text emails and read two verses a day. And in that, as you're reading, like what are the one or two words or the phrases that get your attention for whatever reason, whether that's you, you don't understand them, or it's this word that relates to something that you're going to or whatever it is, and just underline that or jot it down. And then just ask some reflection questions about that. So like to help posture you for listening further. So things like, you know, what has my attention and why, you know, what do I not understand? Um, what, you know, what causes me like to, to pause and to question or there, there's all kinds of things that we can ask, but just, you know, simple reflection questions that get to the heart of like, you know, why, why did that word or why did that phrase get my attention? Or maybe I'm just completely lost in this thing and I, that can be my reflection and then in response to that, to begin the, the process of responding, but really posturing yourself to listen, to just jot down a simple prayer that is related to what it is that you, that you just read and that you've just started reflecting on. And, you know, it, like when, when I teach that, it's more like writing a letter to a friend than, you know, oh, dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> using, you know, the big words. It's like, you know, writing a, friend, writing a letter to a friend, your friend Jesus. Yep. And Jesus, you know, th- this verse has me thinking about this. You know, help me to know how to do this today. Or, or as I'm questioning this, you know, be with me in my questions today. And then that, that like, helps people just kind of get in that posture of, like, being ready to receive that, the reality that God has something to say to them. And kind of the kicker for me in that is that the creator of the universe who spoke creation into being wants to speak to people like you and me. And so, like, if we can kind of prepare ourselves to hear that, then, like, holy cow, like, when, when God speaks, if life happens, when God is speaking to me and I can hear that, what's going to happen in me? Like, life is going to happen, and then I can discern how to respond from there. And so it's like this multi-step process that's, you know, of like learning this, this process of being a disciple, but it's really boils down to just some simple things, some simple practices that help put us in, in position to listen well and then respond. And so, you know, reading scripture, I could stand from the pulpit and just say, hey, everybody read your Bible every day which would be great, but nobody would. <laughs> or I can enter into a relationship with people and then teach them not just something that is this out there process, but something that I do every single day. So, like, that's my, that's my process. That's how I do it. And so, like, I could read chapter after chapter because I like to read that. But my process, because I want it to be repeatable, is that. And then they don't have to look at, look at me and go, like, well, I can't do what you do. It's like, well, yeah, you can. It takes about, like, five to ten minutes. And so that's, that's a way that I can lead people into practices that help them actually respond to what God is saying in, in their life. Awesome. And that's not to be confused with Monday Night Raw, the uh, wrestling show, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if Raw, the Raw reading of Scripture, you know, gets boring or whatever, you know, you can always tune into Monday Night Raw for sure. So, that's awesome. Or, or do it simultaneously. That works as well. That sounds like chaos, man. But, hey, we're out of time, but thank you so much for uh, your, your time today. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Big Church, Small Church Podcast, a Church Doctor Ministries production. To download the show notes, go to thesendmovement.com. 
For questions, coaching, or other network opportunities, contact John Hunter at J-O-N-H-U-N-T-E-R at churchdoctor.org. If you've liked this episode, please give a review, subscribe, and share it on your social media platforms.